This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, hello, everyone. You're listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. My name is Andrew Apanov, and this show is all about inspiring musicians and helping them grow their music careers. This is episode number 32, and we've got Nate Maingard as a guest of this podcast. Nate is a musician coming from South Africa, although he's been well known as a troubadour, living a true location independent lifestyle. He performs in different parts of the world, he creates music in different parts of the world, and uh, his fans are in different parts of the world. And in fact, his the fan base is really loyal and his super fans support his career. Uh, Nate has a very successful page at Patreon and uh, we'll talk about uh, this platform uh, in this episode. And uh, besides that, you will hear uh, a number of great and inspiring thoughts on finding purpose in life and leading a tribe and uh, you definitely will uh, uh, learn more about the natives, uh, the community that Nate created around his art and his music. It's, it's nothing but inspiring, so I really want to get straight to this. I hope that you will enjoy the interview with Nate. Nate, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here and uh, hi. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me on here. I've enjoyed some of the podcasts I've listened to over the last year or two. So, yeah, thanks. Awesome. So, uh, usually I go straight into asking about the backgrounds of the guest, but like, can you just share what's the latest, what you've been working on in the past uh, couple of weeks? Maybe it's something that uh, your followers and fans may be interested in. So, what's the latest? Well, the latest for me, the biggest thing is really this uh, new album. I mean, I've... I've written 14 songs. I've got 14 new songs, all of which I'm really proud of. And I feel like for the first time, I'm so supported as an artist by my patrons and by my global listeners. And just in myself as an artist, I feel really ready to record the album I've always dreamed of. So these last few weeks, I've been planning and, and just really thinking about how I'm going to do a crowdfunding campaign for this and how does it fit in with my current pledges on Patreon and all those kind of things. So it's really just that that's kind of what's taking up most of my time and my energy in, in my head <laughs> awesome yeah we'll definitely talk about crowdfunding and uh, what you have in mind about the album because i'm curious to hear that and you seem to have a very interesting challenge ahead yeah. and uh, so you, you've been uh, traveling a lot in the past couple months yeah so i'm back in south i'm from south africa and i'm back here at the moment i I've been back for two months now and I've been visiting with my dad. I stayed with him for a month. I stayed with my mom for two weeks before that. They both live in separate parts of South Africa now, which was incredible. I've written seven songs <laughs> since I arrived back in South Africa, which is another incredible thing. And they are all really meaningful and, and precious to me. So that's been amazing. I realized I was just having a conversation with this amazing YouTube. Well, she's an amazing artist, but she's a YouTube video creator. And her name is Jessica Alosari from Canada. She got in touch with me a few months ago saying we should collaborate. And we were just chatting on Skype yesterday. And through that conversation, I suddenly clicked and realized that, like, that I am now in the position I've always wanted to be in, that I am location independent. I can be anywhere in the world and be creating my art and be connecting with people and playing house concerts. And, and because I'm supported by these incredible patrons, I can be anywhere. I'm completely location independent. And that's like a huge 
huge life thing for me that I've wanted for almost my whole life. So yeah, so that I'm just really enjoying that feeling of like, wow, I can be anywhere and still be doing awesome stuff. Awesome. So, So we've got a cool case study written by Tommy Ducker on the blog. So some of our listeners may be familiar with your um, uh, story. And uh, I definitely want to cover both uh, what you do creatively because it's just, it's amazing. It's inspiring. And uh, I'm really hooked with, uh, with your creations. And I've been following you honestly only after uh, we published that um, case study. <laughs> but still, I mean, I have to catch up, but... Anyway, and we will be talking about the business side and how you do things and so on. That uh, case study is mostly on how your business is set up in a way. Mm-hmm. But like for those listeners who are new to your name, can you just uh, tell us how you got there and uh, what exactly you've been doing in the past several years, let's say? Okay, so... I've played music since I was 14. I come from a very musical family, but I only picked up guitar when I was 14. And what brought me into it was always lyrics. I have, I love lyrics. I have loved them my whole life in very deeply and very passionately. And, and so I started writing songs when I was, as soon as I started playing guitar and yeah, I reached the point a few years ago only it was in 2011 where I finally, and I'd played live. I had um, played even a few little festivals here and there, but never really committed to music. I'd done some busking in England. And then I just reached the point at the beginning of 2011, I was, I think, 27 or maybe, yeah, 27 or 28, around there. And I just realized that I could spend my whole life watching other people achieve their dreams. And some of them were the dreams that I had, not just the dreams, but the calling, the passion, the heart, the heart asking, you know, the heart saying, this is what I want to do. Please do this. And I just wasn't because I was afraid. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid I wasn't good enough. All that, what if I don't make money? And I, you know, and I, all these things like that, the fear that comes in. But in 2011, I really reached that end point where I just had to do it. And so I quit my job. I was working in the health food industry at the time, a really lovely job with amazing people. And it was like, I think part of the reason I reached that end point or like where I snapped and was like, no, I got to do this was because I was working in like the best job possible in that field. Like I was with a great company, company car, good starting wage. Everything was beautiful. I was doing good things in the world and I was just depressed. And I was like, why, how can I be doing something so good and feel so bad? And I, that was when it kind of, it hit me. It's like, it doesn't, if I'm not listening to my heart's requests, then no matter what I do, it's not going to, it's not going to feed that part of me. And so yeah, I quit my job and I committed to music full time and just really went at it. Like I just had no idea of how I was going to make it happen. And what I've learned over the years is that the universe is such a powerful force that as soon as we truly commit to something, all these things start to happen that otherwise wouldn't have happened. And, and I'm actually all paraphrasing a quote. can't remember who the quote's by, but Goethe is part of that quote, but it's an incredible, it's basically said that. So anyway, so I committed and suddenly I met someone who knew a guy who had a studio who he recorded my first album for like almost no money and then someone else mastered it and someone else did the cover and all these things happened. And I just learned as I went along and I really focused on just how do I communicate this thing with the world? How do I do something that is so very gentle because my lyrics are really thought provoking and heart provoking. They're really like deep and emotional and, and I feel really precious about them. They're really precious to me. 
Mm-hmm. And so how do I, it was like, how do I communicate this with people in a way that they want to be a part of it or that they even get it? Like, how am I going to, cause it's not like commercial pop that's going to just like get everyone bouncing around and like out of themselves. It gets people into themselves. And so, so that was my challenge and it was a challenge. And I've been through a lot over the last few years, trying to find my voice and my place in the world. Mm-hmm. And through that, making obviously so many mistakes <laughs> and just like, just making, just doing so many silly things, but also having so many little successes along the way and all those, and some big successes and some things that just, every time I would reach that point of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I would get that one little email or even that one tweet or that play at that one show where that person would come up to me and look me in the eyes and just say, I really got what you just did. I really got it. And those moments were like, okay, I can do, I can keep doing, I can, I can do this. And, uh, yeah. And I guess through that, it just kind of, I started to get a feel of the entrepreneurial side of it. And so (laughs) when I moved to London in 2013, beginning of 2013, I played in South Africa for a few years. I, I built a bit of a name for myself in South Africa and I played some festivals, released two little like self-released albums and reached that point of wanting to go to London. Actually, for another reason, I was going to work with a, a healer and a teacher, a, a spiritual kind of teacher who I really admired. And, and through that, so I went and began working with him. And, and interestingly, through the work I was doing with him, that connected me more to myself. And through connecting more to myself, I came more into my power as an adult human, in my case, as an adult man. And that allowed me to then be firmer and stronger with my own creativity and my art. And so that helped me in another way. And so when I arrived in London, I started meeting these incredible people, you know, like Tommy. And I mean, he came in beginning of 2014. I think I met him or maybe end of 2013. But there was Tommy. And there was also I met an entrepreneur named Martin who became my mentor and my very good friend. And he just and through all of this, I realized like, wow, this business of being a musician is as actually really like a creative process. And it's actually it's totally like a startup. It's totally entrepreneurial. Like mm-hmm. I I have to create something that I don't know if it's ever been done before. Like I can't do something. I can take bits and pieces from things that seem like they worked for other people and I can try them for myself. But at the end of the day, what I'm going to end up with is totally my thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it's been. I mean, after I started going to the darker music talks and I, and I got some big inspiration there and I met up with a guy, one of my fans actually through Twitter, he, helped me to start getting a lot more Twitter followers through this, the system that he uses. And then, and then I was listening to some music business podcasts. I think it may have been either music marketing manifesto or it was yeah, the yeah, CD or it was the CD baby podcast. Uh-huh. And anyway, one of them interviewed Jack Conti of Patreon. And as soon as I heard that, I, that was my flat, like like this, I was like, this is it. I am ready for this. And I just worked hard on it for like a week and launched my page and within a few days, I had several people signing up and that was uh, April. That was almost exactly a year ago. It'll be a year on the 3rd of April. And so, and here I am today, as of today, I think there are 145 patrons and I'm, and they're pledging just over $1,300 yeah, a month. So amazing. And so it's like a very brief kind of like outline no, of. It's inspiring, really. And the, I mean, a lot of artists uh, face the same issue and I mean, it's, uh, it just, it's really inspiring how you've been developing yourself. And it's it's not only about quitting your day job, but uh, I guess finding your true purpose. I mean, it, it's great. And uh, by the way, we had Jack Conti on this show as well. 
Oh, cool. <laughs> was... I missed that one. <laughs> no, it, but it was, yeah, not a year ago, a bit like a few months back, but the platform is great. And um, I'm really curious to hear how you've been using it. And maybe you can even give a bit of um, advice on getting the most out of Patreon. But first of all, like about one thing that you mentioned about the decision that you made a couple of years back about this transition from a well-paid day job, let's say, to a full-time professional musician. So I've just, I've seen some questions arising around that topic. So for some, okay. it may be just jumping straight into it or saving up for several years and just living from your own funds or doing it uh, somehow else. Do you have a general like recommendation to an artist listening to the show right now and thinking if he or she should just quit the job right now and start doing the music professionally? What, <laughs> like? That's a good question. It's a very good question. Again, it's that entrepreneurial thing. I think different things work for different people. And I, I know some people who've done the savings aspect and then that really makes, that makes sense on many levels in terms of stress. I find for me how I work best under pressure a lot of the time. I find that if I don't have the pressure, just the, the sense of like, if I don't make money out of this, I do not eat this month. Like then that really motivated me to like really work out how to, you know, cause then I was like out there to night markets, to farmers markets. And I, anywhere that I thought I could get paid to play, I was like out there doing it. And that taught me. And I, so I played like a hundred shows in a year and it really like, but I had to, because I needed to make that money. So I think that there are many different ways to do it. You know, I have worked, like when I moved to London, I at one point was working two part-time jobs. This is now 2013. I was working, and 2014, I was working two part-time jobs and I was running two separate music nights every week, you know? So, but at that point I was so honed my focus. I was like, I know that this is, I'm only doing this because it gives me the finances I need at this point to support me in doing music. Like, whereas before it was like, well, I'll do music if, you know, I'll just play a bit of music. And if that works out, then it'll all be good. So it's, I think to me, it's more about the commitment. Like if the people listening can really commit and focus and prioritize their passion of their music and know that their job is to help them to do music, I think that that's great. Like if, you know, because then your energy is still focused on the thing that's really important to you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to make that commitment in whatever way that works for you. So for me, that commitment meant I'm quitting my job. I'm moving. I'm staying, living at home with my dad. I am like what I will just do music. And so, so yeah, that's the kind of thing. The commitment is what's important. Excellent. Yeah. I know the question was rather general, but your answer is just brilliant because yeah, it's, it makes sense. And I guess that anyone going that road just has to be prepared for doing for hustling and doing a lot of different things and just being very persistent in it just really has to be your true purpose and, and goal in life to deliver <laughs> your art to others. So, I mean, you, absolutely. May, so, I, may I read, uh, may I read you a, there's actually a, a quote that I would really like to read you. Oh, for definitely. If, um, yes. Let me yeah. just, okay. So this quote is from a book by that was called letters to a young poet from Rilke, who is an incredible poet and, he was a poet. I mean, this letter was written on the 17th of February, 1903. And there was a young poet who was a fan of Rilke's and he was, they had a letter exchange where this guy was asking him for advice. Like, what do I do? How do I, what do you think of my poems? All these kind of things. So I want to read you this little paragraph, which Rilke wrote in reply to whatever this guy had said to him, asking him for advice. And this to me is a really key piece about whether or not you, you want to be, commit to whatever your 
you think your passion is, like a way to find what your passion is. So he says, no one can advise or help you. No one. (laughs) There is only one thing you should do. Go into yourself. Find out the reason that commands you to write. See whether it has spread its roots into the very depths of your heart. Confess to yourself whether you would have to die if you were forbidden to write. This most of all, ask yourself in the most silent hour of your night, must I write? Dig into yourself for a deep answer. And if this answer rings out in assent, if you meet this solemn question with a strong, simple, I must, then build your life in accordance with this necessity. Your whole life, even into its humblest and most indifferent hour, must become a sign and witness to this impulse. You know, I just switched my host mode and it was really good deep in cities. So uh, personally, <laughs> I, I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I mean, obviously write in my case means play music or, yeah. you know, and different things for different people. But that's really... I have a lot of people writing to me at the moment, especially through Twitter. People are like, I want to be famous. Can you help? (laughs) Or like, what do you, how do I do that? And I often respond with something similar of like, if you're doing this because you want to be famous, then you need to sit and ask yourself the questions of like, what is your motivation? What is your passion? What is your drive? And uh, what does it mean to you? And like, what would it mean to you if you couldn't create, if you couldn't sing, if you like, those are the important questions. Yeah. And uh, I can just see how your natives uh, love you for inspiration that you <laughs> that you share <laughs> with us, it, really. And yeah, so if you don't mind, shall we talk about your the following, the audience, the fans, the community that you've built? So can you tell me a bit more about the natives? Do I pronounce it right? Yeah, the natives. That's it. Please tell yes. me more about it. <laughs> so. One of the things I've really learned with Patreon since I launched is that it's not at this point a platform for growing a following. It's a platform to direct your following to so that they can support what they love. So I feel a lot of people are launching on Patreon thinking they're going to use that to grow their audience. I think it does grow your audience indirectly, but that's not, if you have a hundred likes on your Facebook or not even a hundred likes, but like a hundred apparent fans all over the world the chances of you having a successful page are not much. And so one of the things that I have learned over these last few years was about tribes, right? So mm-hmm. this was an amazing thing for me to discover. Uh, Seth Godin, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he talks, about, he talks about tribes. And so what I realized was that often when people say they love my music, they're not necessarily saying they love my music. What they're really saying on a deeper level is, they love the feeling that it brings to them. They love the story. They love the, the, what's the personality, their personality that my music reflects in a sense. So what I am as an artist is that I give people a reflection of the world. And if they resonate with that reflection, then they love my music. And so when I realized that, I was like, cool. So we're actually not, it's not just like I'm this artist and they're on my fans, like at a distance, but like we're actually all like-minded people because if they believe in my music they believe in the same things that I believe in and therefore we should totally be like friends like we are the kind of people who should hang out with each other and so when I launched my Patreon page I had read lots about tribes and how by being an entrepreneur or the leader of a startup you're actually the leader of a tribe in a sense or the leader of a community you're the head the spear point of a community and so 
So I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have a good name because there are some, I know, you know, the Beliebers, they call themselves, who like Justin Bieber. And there's yeah, all yeah. these people out there. Who do that. So I was like, well, and it just worked so perfectly because someone actually nicknamed me Native a few years ago while I was on a hike because he was like, I was running around barefoot on a mountain and he's like, dude, you are just like a Native. <laughs> and, uh, and so when I thought of that, like, because my music is so much about open-heartedness and connection and realizing that we're all one big family, truly like that humanity and the universe, we're all just different molecules vibrating at different frequencies. And, and those things are real, you know? And so the, the, what isn't real is borders and separation through religion and all these kind of things. We create these boxes to keep ourselves safe. That stuff is the illusion. And so when I thought of the name natives for the people who like my music, it made sense because we're all natives. We're all natives of this universe and of this earth and of ourselves. And so, and it's interesting because what I found is that the natives, the people who are connecting with my music, I mean, it's just been proved to me time and again that they totally are on the same page as me. They're having the same, they're having the same life journeys of trying to work out what it means to be human and how to be a good human in a sense, not necessarily <laughs> do good, but just to be good in ourselves, like to be good with ourselves. And, and so, yeah, I guess the natives has taken on a life of its own in some ways, because now there's a, a secret natives Facebook group for anyone who signs up from $15 a month or up, who signs up as an inner circle native and mm -hmm. up, or who stays uh, pledging on Patreon for si at least six months. And once they hit six months, then even if it's a dollar, they come into this group. And it's incredible because we've started to share some really powerful things where people are sharing every Monday, they have gratitude day where we share things we're grateful for. And it, it's just a little thing like that can shift a whole day or even a whole week to just click connect with what we're grateful for. And then sometimes recently, one of the natives shared, like he was going through a really tough experience with a friend who had abandoned him and was saying really bad things about him. And And he asked for support on the group and people gave their advice and feedback. And I mean, this is incredible to me, like that we're actually, it's not just a pretend thing. It's an actual, yeah. we are actually having an impact on one another's lives. And the craziest thing that happened recently was that on my birthday, a few weeks before my birthday, one of my longest running natives, uh, Ellie, she signed up, I think she was like the second or third person to, to pledge. Uh, she said she wrote to me I was like hey I want to send you a little birthday gift like where's an address I can send something to and I was like oh Ellie you don't need to send me anything you already give me everything like how could you want to send me more and uh and she's like no it's just a little thing you know don't worry about it and so I gave her my address and she said I just have one request please film yourself when you open the gift and I was like cool you know that's that's awesome that's I can totally do that as a thank you and, and I mean it's the internet that's how we do things it's like I'm very open about my life anyway But I didn't know what she had sent me. I thought it was yeah. just a little thing, you know? And like when it arrived, my, I was staying with my dad and I asked him to film. And I was totally innocent sitting on the couch. And you, you can, the video is up online, actually. Uh, it's called The Gift That Broke My Heart. <laughs> and when I opened it, I realized within seconds that Ellie had actually contacted the natives and, had, and people had sent her little poems and photos and letters to me and created an entire scrapbook with like handmade names stuck on. And I mean, I'm looking at it now, like, and I just, it just broke me open. Like I just realized, and the things they were saying that the depths that this music and, and my community and that, that we're actually having a positive impact on one another's lives. And when I, and I just burst into tears and I, and the video itself is about three minutes long. And then I kind of stopped the filming, but I sat on that couch and I wept for an hour 
And I just reading this book and reading what they had said to me, like that some of these people saying things like I was in the midst of a depression when I, I found your music and that it actually made me feel again. And things like because I've experienced depression and I know how feeling doesn't get through, you know, and that my music could have a positive impact in that moment. So, yeah, so I guess that's what The Natives is. is it started out as a, a way for me to try and connect more with the people who listen to my music. And it's turning into an, a community of people who really give a shit about the world and about each other. Mm, and that's yeah. it, really. Yeah. I mean, so essentially, you, you haven't just uh, done something just about yourself, but you've created a community of like-minded people who want to support you as sort of a leader of this tribe, if you want. Uh, but it's not just about you, but it's about the, the things that matter, the values of this whole community, about everything, at least... The way you position it, I mean, it's just the way this thing can work out. I can't imagine just faking it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But your example, while we've got some cool examples and I've been following great content creators on Patreon, yours is just one of the most inspiring pages, uh, I think. And by the way, everyone can find a link to your Patreon page in the show notes, of course. So it's, and I just, while I was listening to you carefully, obviously, but I just became your Petron. Uh, <laughs> uh, I start small, but we'll see. No, that's how, how. And that's the thing. You know what the, the amazing thing, what you just said that I start small, is that almost every single person who signs up, well, anything up to like $10, you know, the, people, almost everyone will say, I wish I could give, I'm sorry, I'm not giving more. And that's so incredible to me because this is the amazing thing about the gift economy, about what we're doing, about the choice to support where, you know, you can get my music for free. They know they can get my music for free, but they are choosing support. The amazing thing about that is it's all about trust, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm trusting that those who give $1 or those who give nothing and just have my music for free, it's perfect that they do that because Those who can give more will give more and I will be supported in all the ways I need to, to be able to offer what I offer. And I'm finding that more and more, it's such a different attitude because we're so educated in, in this commercial, uh, this consumer capitalist culture. And I'm yeah. not anti-money. I'm pro-money. I think it's beautiful. It's a good way of exchanging things when we don't, you know, like it's good. I'm, I support that aspect of the system, but what I, I want to see a change in and what I am seeing a change in with things like Patreon is that we are educated to take as much as we can and give back as little as possible. That's how that's, you know, like you've got to get to the top and stand on whoever you can to get there. And it's the competition is rough and everyone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, there's this whole thing of scarcity and you have to take and hold and grow the bank account. You know, it's all this like holding on, but at the end of the day, we're all going to die and we don't take any of it with us, you know? So like, remember that when you're accumulating all this material stuff. And so what I'm seeing is now this thing of like understanding, especially with creativity, where art has an intrinsic value. If it shifts you, if it moves you, if your heart opens because of it, that is valuable. And so to offer value in return, be it $1 or $100 or a hug or a letter or whatever that thing is, or just not even back to the artist, but pass it on, see someone in the street and just look at them and think at them, you're perfect as you are. That Even that little thing has a positive impact. And And so what I'm seeing is that people are giving as much as they can and as much as they feel to rather than as little as they can get away with, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so to me, when someone gives me a dollar, pledges a dollar or pledges $3, or I know that is so precious to me. Like that person I know is making a choice that not many people are making in the world right now. 
They are making a choice to support the things that they believe in, in the way that they can support that thing. That yeah. is a revolution. Yeah, absolutely agree. And you just made me feel good for becoming your patron, especially like I'm particularly happy about that. <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's, it's, so this made me think about something. What, what do you think about growth? Like you as any artist wants uh, a bigger community. It's absolutely normal. How do you envision the growth of your tribe here? Because I can see that uh, it's, it's just the beginning for you. But uh, the more people there are, the more difficult it is to, mm. to pay attention to everyone and to be mm. kind of more personal. Do you think it will be challenging anyway? Because I'm absolutely confident you will grow much bigger <laughs> than you are right now even. Thank you. Well, okay. Well, that's a very, very good question. I mean, I'm really enjoying the questions you're asking. And they, that one, yes, I think it's going to grow. And I'm currently thinking about the ways that I'm going to handle that because I'm not in this to be famous. And yes, the, at one point I was like, when I, even before I committed to music, it was really about like, I want to be a famous musician. I want everyone to know my music, you know, that, that's like, and that's so common. That's like the usual, that's what success has been defined as for artists, right? Like if everyone knows about your music, then you're successful. I'm successful right now. I've been successful since I committed to music. That was my success. The fact that I committed to my passion, that's a success. And obviously there are different ways to define it. Success at this point has been enough money every month to live off, which I've reached at this point, as long as I'm living carefully and you know, I don't have that much money yet. So yes, as it grows, I'm looking at how much, at what point do I step aside? Do I say, mm -hmm. okay, there's going to come a point where I'm just going to say, guys, I can't grow this anymore and stay authentic. And then I will need to You know, because part of my, I have personal goals. Some of my personal goals are to eventually live within a community in some kind of a sustainable eco village within a space where there's, we're growing food and we're taking care of our mother earth. And we're like in connection using modern technologies and like combining them to move forward in a sustainable way. So that's like my post, one of my personal goals. And when I'm doing that, yeah. So that like, how do I balance that all? One of the things that I have been thinking about more recently is a team and which would be a way for me to help to take the load off of the things that I, so to leave me as much time as possible to just be a community member of the natives and to be writing songs and playing songs and playing shows and recording, you know, like, so that all the other stuff. So for example, at the moment, I get a lot of messages on Twitter, like a lot. And every day I'm on there replying and, but a lot about 60 or 70% It's because of the way that I use Twitter is auto inbox messages, right? That mm -hmm, are just mm -hmm. crap that I don't need to read. So what I would do is hire someone else who can just go through that and just get rid of anything that actually doesn't need my attention. That is either an auto message or someone just saying something that is clearly doesn't need a response, right? And then, so that leave, when I sit down, I can look at that and go, cool, all these messages that are here are for me to connect with and respond to. Another way is that eventually to really hone in and focus more of my energy and attention on the actual community of the natives mm -hmm. where it's really like, because at the moment I'm giving a lot of time and energy to Facebook and Twitter and lots of like online stuff. Whereas if it, when it gets big enough that I feel like, wow, I can't be authentic and give this much energy to this many people anymore. I could hone in and really focus on Patreon and on my natives, the people who are where we've really put the time in with each other. And the final piece about that is that when I tour, that for me is going to become the real place to connect one-on-one. -on -one. Like when I'm playing mm -hmm. house concerts, which is my favorite thing to do, I eventually want to do a really 
several really big house concert tours. That's probably still a, a year or two down the line when I've got a big enough community that I could like travel the whole of America or the whole of Europe and just do house concerts. And that will allow me to connect one-on-one with the natives really solid, you know? And so those are some of the things that I, again, like this is all an experiment. The whole experience of being me and working on my music is an experiment. So I don't yet have the answers for that, but those are some of the ideas that I've had. Yeah, excellent. And uh, I would like to talk to you later, probably, if you will be into this, because I can see a number of interesting, cool things that you can try out. So, uh, I mean, even with, I'm, and I would, uh, I would love to share some thoughts on that, even with, uh, with outsourcing what you mentioned. Uh, normally, I could uh, advise looking into having some kind of a virtual assistant, for example, but in your case, you could even look into your existing community and uh, you already have some sort of a huge street team of uh, supporters and some of yeah. them are super supporters among the super fans they're super supporters who really want to maybe want to invest their time into helping you out so it's definitely something to to think about and mm. i mean a number of really cool and interesting challenges that you have right now i yes. absolutely love it so something about the Patreon platform, because it's uh, the one that we've discussed uh, on this show, even with uh, Jack Conti, the founder. And uh, I mean, I've been following and using it for quite a while. And uh, for most of uh, the users of this platform, it's where they charge per per item, per content release. And and this is what we discussed before beginning this interview that yes. you just switch to the monthly payment, basically turning the whole platform into just a monthly membership subscription platform. So can you comment on that a little bit? Sure, with pleasure. Yeah, that was quite a big decision for me and I, I thought about it a lot. So I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you've seen comic book artists usually have a monthly one set up on Patreon because they're releasing content consistently all the time. And so I knew that it existed, that I could change it over instead of that every time I release a creation that, that activates the pledges, I could do it on a monthly basis. And I, I launched on the per creation one. So I, I was usually posting about two creations per month. And then I saw Amanda Palmer, who I'm just such a huge, I just admire her. She's one of my mentors. I don't know. Like she just mentors me by who she is and how she operates in the world. And so I, I, she asked a question on her Facebook page saying, hey guys, I'm thinking about this Patreon thing. What do you think about per creation versus monthly and why? Like, what is, what's your opinion? And, and reading the comments, I read a lot of the comments and most of them, a, a, hu- a large majority said that they thought monthly made more sense because it allowed them to budget for it. They could just have like, you know, if they wanted to give $5, they knew it wouldn't be $5 and then they create another thing and then it's another $5 and what do they set their limit at? And there's all this extra, extra decisions for them to make when they're signing up. And so, yeah, so then I went and asked my patrons at that time, I posted on, on Patreon. I said, hey guys, this is what Amanda Palmer's asking. I'm asking you the same thing. How do you feel about per creation? How would you feel about monthly? Like, what do you think about it? And again, the majority said monthly makes more sense because it allows them to budget for it. And also, they don't want me to be pressured to have to create something every month, which I've got a huge grin on my face saying that because that was like, I was like, you guys are just so nice. Like, how can you be so (laughs) awesome? And that was one of the things I struggled with because I felt guilty. I was like, well, if I don't create something every month, then I'm letting them down and I'm just taking their money and there's no... 
And I had to get over that and realize like, and actually they helped me to get over that by saying, a few of them said, we support you because we believe in you as an artist, not because we want you to pump out like song after song. We want to support you financially so that you can do what you need to do as an artist so that you can create what you need to create when you need to create it. Isn't that, it's such a different attitude to like the whole, like must have this many songs, this many albums. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so through, and also some of them even said like, Hey, like I'm currently like one guy said, I'm on $5 right now, but my, I've set my monthly cap at $15. And he's like, if you change to monthly, I'll just make my monthly amount $15. Cause then I know that that's what I'm giving every month and it's easier that way. And so there were a few people who said the same thing. And, and so, yeah, I changed over and, and it's been great since I still kind of miss the creation per creation thing because of the excitement of it. Like that when I post a paid creation, it's like now the pledges are activated. This whole like dramatic thing. <laughs> but the monthly thing is great. And actually so far I've written, I've posted at least one song a month, new song and generally more. Uh, so I've actually been more creative in many ways. Hmm. Yeah, that's so, an interesting. So that, and I mean, I just thinking that's, um, it's good that the platform allows to keep it flexible because I can see how the per creation may work better for some. Like it's about setting expectations right. If you say yes. that you will deliver once in three months approximately, then people may be more comfortable about pledging more because they know that it won't be too happening too often. But in yes. your case, when you have a true community here and uh, people are there for not just for the songs, for the creations, as you mentioned, not only because of that, but because yeah. of just being a part of the excellent. I mean, it just, you answered even more questions that I could potentially <laughs> ask here, but I mean, a lot more to cover and that I would like to discuss with you. We should uh, definitely mm -hmm. repeat it sometime. But now, before we get to the end of this uh, particular episode, it's interesting. Like on one hand side, I want to ask you to give us some kind of recommendation to an artist, but I just like listening to you talking about some more spiritual and inspirational stuff and motivational kind of thing. So just maybe you have something to say just to your potential pledges and natives who may become interested even among the artists listening to this podcast. So do you have like something to share that may especially particularly get them interested in your community. So we're not talking just about music business and marketing, but your main values. So, wow, thank you. That's really like an open-ended uh, question there. <laughs> I intentionally keep it general in vogue yeah. because I just, I don't want to limit you. Thank in, you. In any way. Okay. So one of the things which, as you were asked, sort of set, asking that question, a few things came up for me to speak. So one of the things that I... I feel very strongly about is that art has the power to change our personal realities, to have a real impact. And I say that for myself as someone who my life has been very much altered and structured by the lyrics I've listened to. The really good music I've listened to has had a massive impact in my world. So but what I've seen is that so many artists are speaking these beautiful lyrics that mean so much and have so much depth and yet the lives they're living are completely out of integrity with that, with the message that they're speaking. As an example, I had a friend a few years ago and I just committed to music and he works in advertising and he was a huge help to me just in getting, he connected me with the guy who recorded my first album and I was visiting him 
and sitting with him at his dinner table one night. And he looked at me and he said, Nathan, I want to ask you something. If McDonald's offered you $80,000 to use one of your songs on their adverts, what would you say? And I didn't even hesitate for a second. I said, absolutely not. No, under no circumstances, no matter how much money they gave me. And he said, why? He's like, you could do so much good with that money. You could, you could get your music out to many more people and you could you know, have such a positive impact. And I said, yes, but the foundation, the actual meaning behind it would have become empty because my songs are about community and sustainability and the earth and us being real with one another and being healthy human beings. McDonald's is not about being healthy human beings. Let's be honest, like it's not. And so the analogy I think of with that is if someone offers you a free plot of land and all the materials you need to build a house, but that free plot of land is quicksand, mm-hmm. do you take it? Do you say yes? Do you say, yeah, oh, cool, I've got this free plot of land and I've got all this material and you build your house and the fucking house sinks. You know, <laughs> like that, that to me is yeah. exactly... So to me, what Patreon is allowing is that many people giving what for them is a very small amount. It's a small enough amount that they think they need to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I'm not giving more. That small amount, I want it to be that small. People giving a dollar to me is beautiful because I don't want them to have to think, ooh, I should be spending that money on something else. I want them to be like, oh, I can totally afford that every month. By doing that, many people are coming together and making an actual change where they can now listen to my music and know without a shadow of a doubt that I am the person, the person behind that art is as in integrity as the art itself is. And I, my hope and my dream with that is that it inspires them to step more into their own integrity in their own lives. And I see that happening. I mean, some of these messages that people wrote me in this little scrapbook that I got for my birthday was saying exactly that, like, coming to know you and your music and your authenticity and your, how you, you walk in integrity, even when it's difficult, has inspired me to do the same. So to me, that is the revolution. That is what art is here to do. You know, that's why I think I deserve to be supported because in my, the more I'm supported, the more my music can support others and the more we as individuals are changing our personal reality and therefore the world. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, you just nailed it both for the artist and for for someone who may just want to support you through the through Patreon or elsewhere. It's excellent. Thank you so much. And just to quickly mention something about the album that uh, you referred to at the beginning of this conversation. So I guess we need to keep an eye on your social media profiles for more information on that, right? Yes. So I'm currently just working out how to raise the funds for that because I want, I want my patrons all to, my patrons are all going to get that before anyone else in the world, no matter what, but I need extra money because it's like, I need one big lump sum to record the album. So I'm trying to work out, do I just do it through Patreon, but wait till I reach a certain amount every month? Or do I do it through pledge music or music razor or so? Yes. So it's in the process and I'm thinking about it at the moment and working it out as I go along. So yes, stay in touch. My mailing list is always a good place. Although I'm, it's, that's one of my weaker areas. It's like, I, I don't like bombarding people's inboxes, but I do have a mailing list with a few thousand people on there. So that's a good way to stay in touch as well. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I'm linking to all your profiles in the show notes as usual to your website where people can sign up to your email list and uh, to your uh, Patreon page. And there is a very specific reasons reason why I like try to emphasize the importance of what you're doing because even... If there are some artists in, I don't know, different genres with 
whom your uh, who haven't listened to you yet and uh, may not kind of the lyrics may not resonate with them just yet mm-hmm. and so on. I think uh, just speaking from a business perspective, it's absolutely worth following you carefully to just see what you do because even for you don't have a big team yet and you just uh, experiment and you try to figure <laughs> things out uh, live yeah. but even like what you achieved already is a lot and uh, it's there is a lot of inspiration and of course simultaneously uh, yeah so there is a lot of uh, great stuff to take out of the art that you create so we'll Thanks. be keeping an eye on that and definitely yes. looking oh, forward. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing, listen. One more yeah. thing I, I forgot yeah. to mention is uh, I'm hoping to be speaking more. I know we spoke about it before we, we started this yes. chat. But, yeah. um, so that's just a, a little thing I'd like to – I don't know how that's all going to manifest yet, but it's starting to – it looks like I may be speaking at some conferences later this year. But I, I hope – for me, like as you've obviously come to realize listening to me speak is that – I love the community and not just the community of those who listen to my music, but the community of humans, the community of artists. So if I can offer value back, I'm hoping that through my speaking that I can give something back to the people who are attempting to be authentic in their passions as I am. So, yeah. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning that. Actually, yeah, I was the one who asked you about this and totally forgot to mention it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But uh, so it makes sense to just uh, look out for your name in some uh, conference agendas and just uh, among your speakers for some events. And as I can understand some interesting motivational, some kind of a TEDx in some cities, I, I think it would be a good feet and yeah so i mean i'm definitely looking forward to learn more about this so i just hugely appreciate all the insights that you shared thank you it was amazing truly thank you i hope it's brought value to people and thank you for doing what you do i mean your podcast and the podcasts i listen to have been huge in my life so yeah thank you and i hope anyone out there listening feels empowered and that they can make this happen for themselves because we all can you know yeah excellent thank you thank you And this is it. Once again, if you want to learn more, then check out the links in the show notes, uh, the Patreon page, the website, the case study on the data music blog are all there. And if you're a musician, then you just have to take a look at the profile. So Nate has done it really well with uh, the Patreon page, for example. So uh, you can see how he explains what rewards uh, fans will be getting by becoming patrons there. Uh, it's it's really well done and uh, you definitely once again can get some true inspiration uh, on on building a community around what you do so uh, if you have any questions uh, then feel free to ask questions on uh, twitter to me and to nate and um, uh, let me finish with uh, uh, with an internal page let's say Uh, about uh, Wispin. Once again, we have uh, our free course uh, live now. So if you missed it, Fan Engagement Faculty is now live and you can sign up for free at box.wispin.co. You can just sign up, enter your email address and you will be getting the course via email. So nothing's locked. You get all the lessons delivered to your inbox eight high quality lessons that I put a lot of uh, time and energy in the fourth scene and uh, if you implement the lessons then you will improve uh, your social media presence and and how you engage your fans greatly. 
uh, within three weeks. So uh, once again, thank you all for listening and see you next week. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin12.